Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. definitely penciled myself in for this. I love it. Uh, This is the one that Christians look at each other and go, I don't know how I feel about this. So if you're new in the room, if you're not a believer, Christians feel weird about this, okay? Just so you know. Christians frequently are like, I don't know how I feel about this. This is the one most likely to be shared in memes out of the spiritual gifts. So let's just have that up front. Speaking in tongues is a bit weird. You could even do as Pastor Barry did in his incredible sermon the other week on healing. It's out, by the way, on the podcast. I I rarely do this. Can I encourage everyone who hasn't heard it to listen to that? Just one of the best sermons I've ever heard. You could even argue that uh, speaking in tongues is is the least of all the spiritual gifts. I'm going to let Pastor Jen talk about that next week if she wants to, but it's really, really good. It is really good. And for me, up front, here's what I want to say. I love speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues. It is a gift that the Lord has blessed me with, and it is a blessing. And I do it all the time. I do it more than I even realize. I was, I was sitting at my computer this morning doing some edits on this sermon, and I, and I just realized, oh, I'm speaking in tongues right now. I'm literally doing it as I'm, like, like, a, like a muttering, like, what am I trying to say? What am I trying? I'll come back to that part later on. But I treasure this gift. And so what I want to do today is help you to treasure it as well. And if you receive that gift later on, that opportunity is going to be there. And if not, that's okay. But basically, this is a John Tyson line that I'm stealing. Within me is a university lecturer and a Pentecostal preacher at all times. And one of them is fighting to win in every sermon. And this sermon, I'm choosing to let the university lecturer win because this is pretty Pentecostal already right? So the topic is Pentecostal. So the university lecturer is going to explain it so that everyone who's not comfortable with tongues can go, well, at least I'm comfortable with how it's being explained. (laughs) So let let me just check. Who here in this place has received the gift of tongues? Just show of hands. There's quite a lot. Keep those hands up if you regularly use it in in your life. If you don't, that's okay. Just put your hand down. Okay. A few less. Okay. Okay. All right. Encounter Church is Bible-fed and Spirit-led. Amen? Amen. All right. One of our missional goals, it's really, really important because the way we interpret our faith, faith, not our face, our faith is through the lens of the Scriptures, right? This is how we understand who God is, His nature and His will for our lives. But the way we live out our faith is by being led by the Holy Spirit. And we've got to hold these two hand in hand. The gospel is tension. So much in the Christian life is tension. And being Bible-fed and Spirit-led means holding these two together. In some ways, the Bible is like a canvas. A canvas has boundaries, right? But in the canvas, to paint in the canvas, well, that's, that's the Holy Spirit painting a picture for us. Now, that's just a metaphor. Don't overthink it. But in some ways, that's how these two work hand in hand So this might seem like a strange passage to draw your attention to Bible-fed and Spirit-led, but actually it's crucial. 
Because without being Bible-fed and Spirit-led, we cannot understand the gift of tongues or use them. We can't. Now, the Spirit-led part, that's probably pretty obvious, right? Because we are talking about spiritual gifts. For it to be a spiritual gift, the Spirit needs to be involved. Otherwise, we cannot have or use the gift. I'm sure you can work that out from here. Um, But without having our understanding framed and shaped by the Word of the Lord in the Bible, we could fall into one of two unwise mistakes. Either we could reject the gift of tongues which is unbiblical, or we could misuse the gift of tongues, which is also unbiblical. Both of these are errors to fall into. You know which one's worse? Neither. They're both errors to fall into. They're just errors. So we mediate our understanding of the gift of tongues through the Bible and through reading the Scriptures, but we receive the gift of tongues through the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to help guide us through today. Holding those two things in tension. A practical and biblical understanding of the gift of tongues before we come to a time of prayer and an invitation to receive the gift of tongues, to have that imparted to you. Now, usually, like, I, I get that I'm really like holding your hand and spelling it out to you, but when we get to the end, and I pray for people to be filled with the Spirit and receive the gift of tongues, I don't want anyone to be, you know, have their arms folded going, oh, I've been manipulated. No, I'm very carefully lecturing you on your way here. And if at the end you choose not to receive the gift of tongues, that's on you. That's up to you. Is that, is that good? All right. I get that's not the most inspiring way I've ever started a message, but I just want us all to be on the same page as we start. So now I'm going to pray. And I just invite you to join me. Come, Holy Spirit. We love you. We're so thankful for your presence. God, we're so conscious that as we come and talk about the gift of tongues, we all come with these different preconceptions. Some of us are excited. Some of us are nervous. Some of us are skeptical. That's fine. But God, we're here and we want to listen to your word. We want to know what you have to say about it, not what we have to say, what you have to say. So would you frame our understanding through your word and lead us forward through your spirit? We offer ourselves before you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. I've always been somebody who's interested in language, so it's probably no great surprise that I like the gift of tongues. Okay? I've learned foreign languages all through, all through my childhood, all through primary school, all through high school. Then I went and lived in Japan for a year. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But I'm, I'm also the sort of person that when people send me their sermons to edit, as people tend to do, I'll, I, I like really edit them. Like I'll give you idea edits, but I'll also edit your spelling and grammar because like, I'm an adult and I just want you to have good spelling and grammar in your life. Thank you, my fellow probably OCD people in the room. I'm also married to a dyslexic woman, so we... we it's tension, right? Like I said, you hold these things in tension. So I, I lived in Japan for about a year, and I got reasonably decent with the, with the language. Like, by no means was I fluent, but I could, I could hold my own in a conversation. If I needed something, I could ask for it, all of that sort of thing. That was years and years ago. 2017, my family and I went to Japan for a holiday. It was wonderful. And I thought, what a great opportunity to dust off this rusty Japanese and keep practicing it. So I was trying to get some keywords going in my head and remembering. And then you're in the culture and immersed a little bit, and you're like, yeah, that's right. You start remembering things. And so I went into a shop, and just to be completely honest, it was Forever 21, and I was buying men's clothes there. And they were great. And so I went up to the shop assistant, and I started speaking to her in Japanese, right? Her country. I'm using her language. This feels like the right thing to do. And I'm talking for about 30 seconds, and she just says, please use English. So 
So my Japanese is so bad that it became basically offensive to a Japanese speaker. And she's just like, can I, can I just get you here, my dude? I speak your language better than you speak my language. Please stop. You're butchering it in a way that might never recover. Kind of like when I baked bread with Sarah. Like, you know, it was much the same sort of... <laughs> the concept of baking almost never recovered from that. And, and this idea of how do we understand one another is actually a really important issue when we look at the gift of tongues. It's kind of baked, funnily enough, right into it. So... If you've been in church for a little bit, you would have heard about Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples at Pentecost. We're going to start there. It's behind me. This is what happens. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind, chapter 2, verse 2, came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rest on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Right, when we read the Acts 2 passage, the same word is being used for the word tongues both times. This is the Greek word glossa. Everybody say glossa. Glossa. Look at you. Now you guys can speak a foreign language too. This literally means tongue, as in a physical tongue, okay? But it also gets translated in English as languages. You guys would have heard this phrasing before. Oh, I speak in other tongues. It's not a common use, but you would understand that use. The physical tongue and the language of tongues. So in this passage, Luke is writing that it is like a physical tongue of fire on people's heads. Don't think like this. Think more like when you see a bonfire and and it sparks and like it sort of licks out. Sometimes we use those sort of metaphors. That's more what it's like. Think like a dancing flame more than a literal tongue made of fire. That would be weird. And of course, why does it look like a lick of flame above the head? Because you can't see a language, right? That's how we know it's a literal physical tongue. But then the disciples speak in verbal tongues, verbal languages. And here's why this is important. Sometimes we kind of under-translate this word glossa, so it just means the languages part. But the physical use of our tongue is important here. We, we begin to babble when we use our tongue. And so we actually don't want to underplay that. I think we actually do that because it lets us control the gift of tongues a bit more and go, when God talks about tongues, he only means actual known foreign languages. He doesn't. We'll get to that. But if we say that he only means foreign languages, we can then say, and I don't speak a foreign language, so that's for people who do. That's the gift of tongues. That's how it works. And now I'm removed from responsibility. Oh, that was very neat. That's a coward's way out. We're not about that here in Counter Church. All right? We step into what the Bible says about this. We miss the beautiful nuance of the involvement of the loosening of the tongue that comes in the process when we do that. Okay, Here's another interesting point. If we're skeptical about tongues, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, when the fire and the wind and the tongues come, do you know what we hear about later on in the New Testament? Tongues. You know what we don't hear about? Rushing wind or fire. But we seem cool with the wind and the fire. It's the tongues that we freak out about. Acts 10.46, Acts 19.6, basically half of 1 Corinthians. There's a lot about speaking in tongues later on in the New Testament. So tongues is a regular, powerful sign of the Holy Spirit at work. This is good. Let's go to the bad for a second. There are some sub, 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 subgroups of Pentecostalism that have taken this idea further and made it an argument that it means that if you are saved, right, you receive the baptism and you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then every time that you worship, you must speak in tongues. And then they take it a little step further because because that's a sign of being saved. And they take it a step further and go, because it's a sign of being saved, the reverse is true that you're not saved unless you speak in tongues. Now, 
I just want to state that because that is a thing that some people think. That is a heresy. That is totally false. Tongues has nothing to do with your salvation, except it is one of many signs of your salvation, right? One of them, not the only one. Let's just make that really, really clear up front. So if anybody says to you, oh, you must speak in tongues to be saved, that's, that's absolute rubbish, and it creates kind of a false hierarchy in the church. So let's get that out of the way. The reason God wants you to speak in tongues, church, is because it's a gift. It's a blessing. It's not because without it, you're not saved. Nothing to do with that. He just wants you to do it because it's a way of communion with Him. It's a wonderful experience. It's a sign of intimacy. So it's a sign of salvation, but nothing that earns your salvation. We good? Great. Okay, now for the skeptics. If you feel skeptical about the gift of tongues, I fully understand it. It looks weird. Looks like it could be fake. Looks like somebody starts standing up here and they're, you know, they're just starting a blonde. You know, should have bought a Honda. I get it. I get the skepticism. Let me give you some data. In 2006, researchers from the University of Pennsylvania took brain scans of five women while they spoke in tongues. What the scans revealed was this, that the frontal lobes, the thinking, willful part of the brain through which people control what they do, was relatively quiet, as were the language centers. The regions involved in maintaining self-consciousness were active, but so the women were not in blind trances, but it was unclear what, which region was driving the behavior. What does this mean? It means that we, while we can control whether we speak in tongues, our brains are not consciously making up the language. Isn't that fascinating? That's actually coming from somewhere else. That's coming from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our spirit. There's no making up of the languages, and we have the brain scans to prove it. Um, two other interesting things to note there. When people meditate, their brains are very different. The frontal lobes are activated, and they actually sharply focus. That has more to do with conscious thought. And the second thing that I want to sneak in here is that they did a study of a thousand evangelical Christians in England, and they found that those who engaged in the practice of speaking in tongues were much more likely to be emotionally stable than those who didn't. Bet you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Nobody turned up expecting that one. So in summary to all this, speaking in tongues is not going to get you saved, but it might stop you being a fruit loop. So bear that in mind. <laughs> So speaking in tongues is a good thing. The great theologian Richard Foster says this. He says that when we use the gift of tongues, we enter the heavenlies by means of a heavenly language that condescends to the use of our feeble, stammering tongues to express the inexpressible. I could not write a sentence half as well as Richard Foster. In Acts, we have already seen that the use of tongues is associated with God being present in power. 1 Corinthians 12.10 clearly states that speaking in tongues is a gift. 1 Corinthians 14.5, Paul says, I wish all of you spoke in other tongues. And then in 14.18, he says, I thank God that I speak in other tongues more than all of you. Real flex by Paul there. So it's very, very clearly a gift, right? Very clearly a good thing. But the very next word after this sentence is the word yet. And Paul goes on to say, yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to reach others also than 10,000 words in another tongue. Hmm. This goes back to our framework for spiritual gifts. Now, if you're new here, we're doing a series called The Power of Encounter that we do every year to step in and, and receive the power of God through His Holy Spirit in our lives. And this year, we're focusing on the spiritual gifts, especially the weird ones. 
And this is our framework, that spiritual gifts are God's gifts used through you in love for the benefit of others. Okay, Spiritual gifts are God's gifts used through you in love for the benefit of others. So if speaking in tongues, Paul says, is going to confuse and upset people who don't yet follow Jesus, don't do it around people who don't yet follow Jesus. Don't upset and confuse them. He says similar things about eating meat. He's like, you can eat meat if you want to, but if it's going to lead somebody into sin, don't do that. It says the same thing about alcohol. You can drink if you want to, but it's going to upset an alcoholic. Don't do that. Help your fellow man. The use of spiritual gifts should be a blessing and uplifting for other people. Now, what do we see? When the disciples speak in tongues in Acts chapter 2, Jewish believers from other countries hear the gospel proclaimed in their own language. It's a good thing. The Holy Spirit acts as a universal translator. What happens in Acts 10 when Cornelius' household gets saved and speak in tongues? The other disciples are amazed and they see that the household is glorifying God. Right? And here they're not speaking Greek, Latin or Aramaic. We know that because if they were, the disciples would understand them. They were speaking in a different language entirely. What happens when new believers speak in tongues in Acts chapter 19? They do it around other disciples, and it serves as a sign of the presence of God among them. You know that. If you've been in church for a while, you've had an experience where maybe you're just sort of cruising along and nothing's happening, but somebody else, something massive is happening. And whether you feel something, you look at them and go, God is doing something in their life right now. Praise God. That is a powerful thing. Now, we sometimes do this in pre-service prayer meetings. Well, I'll say, I did it today. I said, just speak in tongues. Speak in, in your own language, in your own prayer language. Why? Because there's no new people. It's not going to freak people out if they're new. It's a space of believers, and it can be a powerful blessing to existing believers. That's why. Sometimes it's just about finding the right space for this. So we see that in Acts, tongues are used in this way as a blessing to a group of believing people. But that occurs in a variety of ways. But tongues are a good thing. Tongues, however, are not exclusively for a group of believers. Why not? Well, terrific question. Well, while the gift of tongues in one sense is to be used for the edification and encouragement of others, there's another sense where it's also for personal prayer. Okay? We hear that in 1 Corinthians 14, 1-5. Now, the problem with this section is not that there's anything against tongues. It's that prophecy is lifted above tongues, and sometimes that's where our focus goes. Okay, so I'm just going to try and draw this out for you. It'll be up on the screen behind you. Paul says this, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. Okay, it's not saying don't go for tongues, but especially desire prophecy. Jen's going to talk about that next week. For the person who speaks in a tongue is not speaking to people, but to God, since no one understands him. He speaks mysteries in the spirit. So right there, even though Paul says prophecy is worth desiring more, tongues is still desirable. It's still a spiritual gift to desire. And tongues are speaking mysteries in the spirit, which no one understands. That's really important. Going to come back to that in a minute. Verse 3, on the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The people who speaks in a tongue, the person rather, builds himself up. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Both are good. One is better. Then Paul says, I wish all of you spoke in tongues. <laughs> Just that's not the end of that sentence, but that's the bit you need to hear there. I wish all of you spoke in tongues. I wish, Mike, wishes all of you spoke in tongues because it would mean I knew you were hungering after the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and longing to see its fruits. I long for that. So Paul's critique is that the tongues build us up, not the church. But the flip side of that is tongues build us up, 
That's still a good thing. It's just not as good as building up the entire church. You understand? So that's where sometimes we run into a problem. We compare the two. It's not about bad versus good. It's about good versus great. Okay? Tongues in our personal prayer life is a glorious and beautiful way to express what our minds and mouths barely know how to form. Our tongues can speak in ways that are beyond our understanding. They can articulate things that are deep in our spirits, but we struggle to say them to God. You ever been like that in prayer? Especially when you're desperate, you come before God and you just, it's kind of like, I, I, God, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't know where to begin. Of course you have. If you've been a Christian longer than 10 minutes, you've definitely experienced that. Speaking in tongues is praying from our spirit, praying in words we do not yet have to the Holy Spirit who we know understands and translates on our behalf. We don't have the words yet, but the Holy Spirit knows. Paul writes in Romans 8.26, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That's speaking in tongues. You ever wanted to pray but not know what to say? Well, speaking in angelic tongues can help. And back in 1 Corinthians 13.1, Paul clearly separates the two when he says, If I speak human or angelic tongues... He clearly separates them. N.T. Wright, you know it's got credibility if N.T. Wright's involved, describes tongues as like a private language of love. It is a wonderful prayer language. Now, why not exclusively for believers? Well, that's where our traditional understanding might come in. When somebody has the gift of tongues, sometimes they might sense God asking them to come and speak publicly in tongues in front of a community, in front of the church or a, gift of, or a group of people. And they're not praying here and someone else is praying there, but they're speaking and saying, stop and listen to me, I've got something to say. And then they speak in tongues. Now, what they're really doing there is throwing a spiritual Hail Mary, right? They are trusting that as they speak in tongues, someone in the congregation has an interpretation of those tongues. That's what we hear in 1 Corinthians 12. Someone will have the gift of tongues, another will have an interpretation. And in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul unpacks that and he says, they need to come together Otherwise, it's chaos. It's chaos. So we need to pray as well. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 13, sometimes that we need to pray that we can interpret it. Now, I would say, rule of thumb, if I got up here every single week, like every week, and spoke in tongues publicly on the microphone and then didn't wait but just interpreted myself, you would have some room for skepticism, I think, if I did that every week. That would be a bit concerning. It'd be, it'd be a, yeah, you'd be a bit concerned. However... I think what you want to do is what my dear friend, Pastor Andy Hogarth from Journey has done on several occasions, where he just do, does what I've described. He gets up and he says, I think God is asking me to speak in tongues. I'm going to do that now. And if I'm right, someone will have an interpretation. And if I'm wrong, I need to repent. And then he speaks in tongues and waits. And that's it. Pretty humble. Now, you could argue, well, you could fake that like... I've got to tell you, somebody who's going to that length of humility is not going to fake it. They're not interested in faking it. They are bringing a humble gift and praying that they've heard the Lord correctly, just as we do with any other gift. How will we know if there's an interpreter there? You won't. You just have to trust in God with faith. But you're trying to bring this as a gift, not as showing off, so it won't be a problem. This is why Paul tells us, he says, you should want this because... We need churches full of people who are less afraid of making a mistake with the gift than they are of the gift itself. 
right? We've got to stop being afraid of the great gifts. Paul says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. Eagerly desire them. You should want them. God is literally begging. He's saying, I want you to hear from me in your spirit, through my spirit, in a way you can't translate, but somehow you understand in a deeper way than your language center. You know that's true because we've all experienced things that make sense, even though we don't necessarily understand why it makes sense. It's part of the human experience. That's the common grace of God in action. Anyway, that's a whole other sermon. Why then does 1 Corinthians 14 sound so negative about tongues? Because the Corinthian church was like an anarchy convention. It's, it's contextual. As we've already seen, Paul's very positive about the gift of tongues, but what he wasn't positive was about the way they were using it. They were babbling away, no interpretations, people talking over the top of each other. It was just chaos. Nobody understood. And God is a God of order, not chaos. Okay? So Paul was very clear to say, tongues, good. The way you are using them as a church, bad. I don't think that's what Paul would say to our church. He might say the way we're using them is bad, but it wouldn't be the way the Corinthians is bad. He might say, guys, come on. Let's go. Let's use this gift. Paul was speaking for understanding in the church, not against tongues. And that's why in verse 19, he finishes with this. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. I like to put them together and give you 10,000 words of understanding every week. That's That's what you get here. Paul is advocating for the gift of tongues and for understanding. Both of those things together. At the same time, that's the scriptural understanding of the gift of tongues. Why? Because the spiritual gifts are God's gifts used through you in love for the benefit of others. That's why. This is how Jackie Pullinger approached the gift of tongues. Jackie Pullinger is a heroine of the faith. She gave her life, or has given, continues, to rescue those caught in addiction and gang culture in the back streets of Hong Kong, right? She's got a book, Chasing the Dragon. Incredible, like a modern hero of the faith. And after Jackie became aware of the gift of speaking in tongues, every day she started to spend 15 minutes praying in the Spirit. Now, before praying in the Spirit, she was a bit skeptical, she told God she didn't know how to pray. So she asked God to pray through her and to lead her to people who want God, right? She was trying to find these people on the streets of Hong Kong who wanted God in their life, and she didn't didn't really know how to be drawn to those people. So eventually she gave, gave up and started praying, which is a good thing to do when you're giving up. Okay, and while she honestly admits finding this a struggle initially, the results in her own words were remarkable. And this is what she says. After about six weeks of this, I noticed something remarkable. Those I talked to about Christ believed. This time I was talking about Jesus to people who wanted to hear. I had let God have a hand in my prayers and it produced a direct result. Instead of my deciding what I wanted to do for God and asking his blessing, I was asking him to do his will through me as I prayed in the language he gave me. Isn't that amazing? That's justice and salvation and the gift of tongues all working together. That's how God does it. These things aren't separate from each other. They're incarnate. We use the gift of tongues. And Jackie Pullinger used it in her private life to bless all of Hong Kong. She used it to let God lead her where she needed to go. And it was almost like by communing with the Spirit in that way, the Spirit just began to lead her exactly where she needed to be and talk to who she needed to talk to. And friends, I've got to tell you, this is the gift of speaking in tongues. When you pray, you pray with a, a sort of both a fervency but also a, a peace that is upon you. 
And there, there are really two ways. Like, you don't have to get excited. I do, because that's my personality. You can, you can pray quietly in the Spirit. That's fine. It's not about volume. It's about your Spirit and the Spirit of God. Communing to one another. Deep crying out to deep. If what you crave, and you do, whether you want to admit it or not, is intimacy with the God who made you, the gift of tongues is truly a blessing for you. So, as I come towards a close, and Jez, you can hop back up. If you believe in Jesus as your Lord, you need to come to terms with the gift of tongues. And I would strongly encourage you to ask for it. If you don't, I would really ask why. Like, I, th- I think you should ask yourself why. It's a gift from God. Don't fear it. That's the thing that holds us back in our faith, fearing what God has for us. So let me be super, super practical as I finish what's already been a very practical sermon. Here's why you should want the gift of tongues. Number one, it will help your prayer life. Number two, it will draw your spirit nearer to the Spirit of God. Number three, it will help you live more fully as a Christian. And number four, you will genuinely enjoy it. You're actually going to love prayer in a way that you haven't in the past. Not saying you don't love prayer now, but I actually think you're going to enjoy it in a fresh way when you let God speak to you through the gift of tongues. I'm much more inclined to be drawn to tears when I'm praying in tongues than when I'm not. So, we're going to come to a time of, of ministry now. And again, this is a really, really soft entry into the ministry time. I'm not trying to... Pers- I am trying to persuade you, but I'm not trying to twist your arm. I want you to want the gift of tongues because it's a gift, because it's beautiful, because it's wonderful. And in a moment, I'm going to give us the opportunity... Uh, if that's you, to come down the front and Jen and I are going to pray for you and we're going to pray for you to receive the gift of tongues. Now, let's just, uh, let, me, let me give you a couple of quick stories that might help you how to use the gift of tongues and whether, how you're feeling, right? Let, we'll start with my one, all right? I really wanted the gift of tongues when I heard about it, okay? That's how we start. Jesus says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and keep on knocking. Don't just knock once, keep on knocking, keep asking, keep seeking, right? There's an ongoing nature to asking God for the things we want from God. So I really wanted it and I, and I prayed for it and, it and it took a while. And eventually I just sort of felt my tongue starting to go loose. Now, when you do that, you, you, sometimes, you sometimes babble a little bit. Everybody say the word babble, babble, right? Now that babble, which is literally like just saying stuff, is kind of what it sounds like sometimes when you speak in tongues. Babble, 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 babble. Right? That's, that's a not infrequent sound that you might hear. So for me, as I'm, as I'm praying and I start speaking in tongues and I'm, I'm trying to loosen my tongue and I'm trying to pray and just pray and then eventually it starts and, 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 and something just starts happening and I just start saying words that aren't words and it comes out and, and it's like I described earlier in the research, in the survey. It's like my tongue has kind of lost control. I'm present. I could have stopped it. But what my tongue is saying, I don't understand. So I did that for a while, and I prayed in the Spirit. And then after a while, I just kind of stopped. And, I, and when I say after a while, I mean like this was a regular part of my life for a couple of years, and I just kind of stopped. Not for any particular reason, I just kind of forgot. And then a few years later, I thought, oh, why don't I pray in tongues anymore? And I tried to start praying in tongues, and, and it was honestly like, you, you can just tell when it's fake. I was, I was, you know, I'd be sitting there in my private time going, blah, 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 what is going, God, what am I doing? What am I doing here? This is, this is... I am literally babbling. And I, I just had to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I haven't used this gift you've given me. 
but I love it and I want more of it in my life again. Would you pour out your spirit on me and fill me and let me speak with your Holy Spirit again? It's the time of her, whether I go over time. It goes off every week. So that's my story. Had it, lost it, had to invite God to fill me with it again. It's a gift. God can take it if he wants to. If you're not using it, he's like, all right, don't worry about it. Um, now that I haven't warned this person, but uh, her mouth's pretty much shut, so she can't really stop me. Cara, when she received the gift of tongues, <laughs> this seems unfair, doesn't it? Um, when she was a very new Christian, came to Alpha. This is a good advert for Alpha, I hope. And part of Alpha is the Alpha weekend, the Holy Spirit weekend. We go away together and you spend a little bit of time just learning about the Holy Spirit and inviting the Spirit's presence into your life. And Cara sat in the car. She'll correct me later if I get the details wrong. But basically sat in the car with Tex before she, uh, before she came into the weekend. And she's like, I don't care what happens this weekend, but I'm not speaking in tongues. I, I don't, like, everything else is fine, whatever. All right, God, I'm like, yep, I believe in God and I'm coming to terms with the things He does in my life, but I'm not speaking in tongues. And then we sat with another woman and we prayed with her for so long to speak in tongues. Like, so long, nothing happens. Okay. Kara's like, you know, we turn towards Kara. You know, she's shrinking back. You pray for about a second and she's like, all right, bang, out it comes. She's like, well, guess I shouldn't tell God what to do, hey? That's how it happens sometimes. What we need to do as best as we can just come with an open heart and say, God, I want this gift you have for me. I recognize it's a gift and I long for it in my life. So would you fill me with your spirit? Would you give me this gift? Why don't we stand together for a second? And I want to, I guess I want to give people a little bit of space here. Okay. A couple of tips to avoid. God, I, I, advise us to ask for the gift, receive it in faith. So why don't we take a moment now? Why don't you close your eyes with me? And I'm just going to invite you to get right with God. To say, Lord, I've been distracted. I've been sinning. Whatever God brings to your mind, just spring it before God and say, Lord, I just turn away from all that stuff now. I just want you. Jesus, I turn my face towards your face. There's no name like yours. There's no face like yours. I love you. Just take a moment. Let's get right with God in this space. Thank you so much for your love, God. Thank you that you just pour out your goodness and mercy and generosity in us. Thank you for your forgiveness. And while you're in this posture, just invite the Holy Spirit fresh. Just say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Soften your heart. Just say, God, I want what you want, not what I want. Maybe God's trying to knock on the door of your heart right now. And as, as we begin practice and I want you to relax if somebody next to you starts speaking in tongues don't overthink it just try and be in this moment with God you and God that's why we've done all this over explaining to get to this point you're in a moment with God and I want to encourage you just ask God say Lord I want the gift of tongues 
ask for. I receive it in Jesus' name. Avoid overthinking about the words coming into your mouth. But just pray simple words. Bless, 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 bless. Bless, 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 bless. Pour, 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 pour your spirit out of me. Lord, 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 Lord. Let your tongue run loose. It does feel a bit like babbling, like a like a stream running over water, over rocks. It's okay. Let your tongue run loose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deep in your heart. Just keep worshiping God. Don't overthink what you're saying. Just worship God. Thank you, God. Maybe you want to lift your voice in worship. You don't have to be speaking in tongues right now. Maybe you want just lift your voice. Just say words of faith and praise to God. Bless Him for what He's done in your life. Honor Him for His character. Lift up His name in glory. Sound, start naturally saying some sounds. They sound a bit funny at first. Don't worry. You can just keep saying, repeat the same syllable. It's okay. It'll sound a bit, found a bit funny to begin with, like riding a bike. Relax. Relax. I encourage you, if you feel God leading you to speak in tongues, just loosen your tongue. Speak. It's just you and God. Don't worry about the people around you. Just you speak to God. Don't speak to be heard. Don't speak to prevent being heard. Just, just speak to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We honor you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. We love you, we love you. We love you, we love you. It might take a minute. If you need anything, ask God. Ask and you'll receive. Just ask Him in faith. God, would you give me more faith to receive your spirit? Maybe some traditions that you've come from, you need to just put them aside, lay them down, and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. As we continue this moment, I'm going to get my microphone turned off in just a second. And, um, and then I'm going to invite people while the worship team just plays a bit of music in the background to come down the front if you'd like to receive the gift of tongues, if you'd like Jenny and I to lay hands on you to receive it. You might feel there's a bit of a blockage in your life. That's okay. We'll pray for that. We'll pray that the Lord reveals that. I think either way, God wants to do some really powerful stuff here tonight. I really look forward to that. So why don't we let the band lead us in worship? And if you'd like to receive the gift of tongues, why don't you come down the front? And Jenny and I.